Welcome to the Celebration Church podcast and thanks so much for tuning in. Celebration Church is one church in 10 locations across Southeast Louisiana. We are all about changing lives, homes, our city, and the world through Jesus Christ. We hope that you're both encouraged and challenged by today's message. Welcome to Celebration Online. We're so glad that you've joined us for today's worship service. We're actually beginning today an eight-week uh, journey titled Transform. And in this Transform Spiritual Growth Emphasis, we're going to be learning how to transform, how to improve uh, every crucial area of our lives so that we can experience the best of our lives for the rest of our lives. Uh, we're going to be learning how to access God's help, God's power, God's direction, again, to transform the most crucial areas of our life. I think verse for a transformed spiritual growth emphasis is found in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And here's what the Apostle Paul wrote. He said, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The verse reminds us that God wants us to be a nonconformist in many ways from the rest of the world. He wants to transform our attitudes, our ambitions, our actions, our relationships. And here's what I've discovered. If we're transformed by the Lord, uh, we're either going to be transformed by the Lord or we're going to be conformed to the world. And it's a lot better to be transformed by the Lord. Another verse we're going to be looking at in this transformed spiritual growth emphasis is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, where the Apostle Paul wrote, The Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Jesus as we are transformed into His glorious image. So we want to learn how to become more and more like Jesus so we can experience more of God's grace and more of God's blessings and more of God's direction for our lives. Over the next seven weeks, we're going to be looking again at seven crucial areas of our lives. We're going to be learning how to become healthier spiritually and healthier physically and healthier emotionally and healthier mentally and healthier relationally. We're going to be learning uh, how to really get our lives together in every area of life. We're going to be learning how to become healthier vocation vocationally and how to have the best life in every area of our life. So we want you to be a part of that. We want you to be a part of that by participating in our, uh, in our online services. And we want you to be a part of that also uh, by participating with us in a life group. You can find one at celebrationchurch.org slash ministries. Uh, we want you to be a part of what we're doing through Transform uh, through daily reading God's Word. You'll find information about that at celebrationchurch.org slash devotions. Uh, but we want you to put all of this together so you can discover the great dreams and goals and plans that God has for your life. Again, so you can experience the best of your life for the rest of your life. Today we're going to talk about goals. Goals. Look at this verse, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5. Uh, the Bible says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste leads to poverty. Uh, that verse reminds us to be transformed. We have to have positive and powerful goals for our lives. Good intentions are not enough. We've got to have positive and powerful goals for our lives. Heard about a man who was on his way to, from New Orleans to Memphis on a train. And when he got on the train, he said to the porter, he said, man, I'm so exhausted. I'm just wiped out. I'm going to fall asleep as soon as I get into my seat. But I've got to get off the train in Memphis. The most important business appointment of my life is awaiting me in Memphis. And so if I'm groggy, if I'm still sleepy, just throw me off the train if you have to. Make sure I get off the train in Memphis. He awoke the next day in Chicago, Illinois far north of Memphis, Tennessee. And when he realized where he was, he was irate. He found the porter. He cussed him out. He called him every name under the sun. And, and then he got off the train to take another train back to Memphis. Someone said to the porter, I've never heard anybody speak in such an ugly way to anyone in my life. And the porter said, you should have seen the guy I threw off the train in Memphis. You see, that porter had good intentions. 
but he didn't have the right kind of goals. He didn't have the right kind of plan to make what he wanted to have happen, happen. And so we want to talk today about how to set the right kind of goals, not just to have good intentions, but how to, sell the, how to set the right kind of goals that will lead us to a pathway of success and victory and transformation in our lives. We want to do that today by addressing a couple of questions. We're actually going to flesh out what goals we need to set in our life groups this coming week, but we want to address a couple of questions today. Number one, why are goals important to changing my life? Why are goals important to changing my life? Well, the Bible tells us, first of all, that goal setting is a spiritual responsibility. Did you know that God has goals? God has set goals for the universe. He set goals for our planet. He set goals for history. He set goals for eternity. God has set all kind of goals. And so goal setting began with God. Uh, you'll also discover, th- as you read the Bible and read history, that there many of the great people of our world have been people who had big goals for their lives. When I think about Bible characters, I think about Moses, whose goal was to lead the people of God out of captivity in Egypt all the way to the promised land. I think about Joshua, whose goal was to lead the people of God to conquer the promised land. I think about Nehemiah, whose goal was to lead the people of God to rebuild the walls around the city of Jerusalem. And then I think about Jesus. Jesus often announced his goals. He said, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and this is going to happen, and this is going to take place. Jesus believed in setting goals. And then there was the Apostle Paul. Listen to what Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3. He wrote, I know that I am not yet what God wants me to be. I haven't reached that goal, but I keep moving forward toward it to make it mine because Christ made me and saved me for this. I know that I haven't reached my goal, but there's one thing I always do. Forgetting the past and straining towards what is ahead, I keep my eyes focused on the goal so that I may one day win the prize that God has called me to receive through Christ and the life above. And all of you who are spiritually mature, he's talking to you and I now, all of you who are spiritually mature should think this way as well. I want you to notice that Paul used the word goal three times in those verses. He said that goal and my goal and the goal. Uh, Paul was goal oriented. He said, I haven't yet reached my goal. I haven't yet reached that goal, uh, but I'm always focused on the goal. And so goal setting, when you a person who is uh, spiritually mature will be someone who sets goals for their lives. So when we set goals for our lives, we are following the example of great people in the Bible. Why is it important for us to set goals for our lives? Because it's a spiritual responsibility. And because we're either going to go through life by design or we're going to go through life by default. In other words, we're going to have a plan and some goals for our lives that direct our lives, or or we're just going to be at the whim of the circumstances and the people that we find around us in our lives. We're either going to determine and decide our own goals, or other people are going to determine and decide them for us. And so you've got to have goals. If you don't have goals for your life, you're not really living. You're just reacting. You're just existing. You're, You're just drifting if you don't have clear goals for your life. You're just coasting and drifting through life. And may I remind you, anytime you're coasting and drifting, you're going downhill. And so you've got to set goals for your life. We're we're going to have to go through life by either design or by default. And if we have goals for our lives, that's when we experience much more of God's goodness and blessings in our lives. Also, the Bible teaches us that goals are statements of faith. A lot of people think, well, isn't goal like a business thing or a secular thing? Or isn't setting goals something that athletes do? Well, the answer to those questions, of course, is yes. but, But this is also a spiritual habit that we need to develop. See, goals are actually statements of faith. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you set a goal, 
Uh, what you're saying is, I believe, now that's faith, I believe that this is what God wants me to do and that He's going to enable me, empower me to accomplish this goal. That's a statement of faith. It's saying, this is what I believe that God is going to do in my life. Now, goals aren't just statements of faith. Goals oftentimes also stretch our faith. And, and the bigger our goal, uh, the bigger the, our faith will be stretched. The more our faith will be stretched. And that pleases God. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Hebrews eleven six, 6, which says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if you don't have any goals, you don't need any faith. And if you don't have any faith, your life is not pleasing to the Lord. And in Romans 14, it says, Whatsoever is not of faith is of sin. So, so if I'm going to go through life and I don't have any goals, it means I'm not going to take any risks, which means I'm not going to live by faith. And that's not how God wants us to live. By the way, it's also important to have big goals for our lives. D.L. Moody, who was a great evangelist, he was a predecessor to Billy Graham once, wrote in his Bible, next to where Jesus fed the 5,000, next to the miracle of the 5,000, feeding of the 5,000, he wrote these words. He said, if God is your partner, make no little plans. In other words, if you have God in your life, you've got to have big goals and big plans for your life. Here's a goal-stretching verse Paul wrote in Ephesians 3.20. God can do anything, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. Now think about that verse. God can do anything far more than you could ever imagine. I don't know about you, but I can imagine some big things. And I'm a big dreamer. I'm a big goal setter. Nobody's ever accused me of being a small thinker. I've always had big dreams. And yet God says, Dennis, no matter how big your dreams are for yourself or for your family or for your church or for your ministry, I've got even bigger dreams for you, bigger dreams than you've ever experienced or ever envisioned. What the Lord says to me, he says to you as well. So start dreaming about what God wants to do, what God can do in and through your life, in every area of your life. You know, there are two common mistakes we make in goal setting. We set them too low and we try to accomplish them too quickly. Let me tell you, as your pastor, I'm, I'm urging you over the next 50 days to really be focused on setting some goals, some God-given goals for your life. Some goals related to your health, some goals related to your finances, some goals related to your relationships, some goals related to your vocation, your, your, your work, some goals related to uh, your emotions and your mind and all kinds of things, and, and certainly some goals related to your spiritual development as well. And, and dream big dreams when you think about those goals because God is a people love in prayer answering, miracle working, goal accomplishing God. Remember the Bible says, according to your faith, it will, be done, it will be done to you. So I'm encouraging you to start setting one goal a week for the next seven weeks that will, that will challenge you, that will cause you to depend upon God and that will stretch your faith. And then the Bible teaches us that goals streamline our energy. What I mean is that having goals keeps us from wasting time, wasting money, Wasting our reputation, wasting energy, they help to keep us focused. You see, selection is always the name of the game. Focus is the key to an effective life. It's not these 50 things I dabble in, but these one, two, or three things that I'm really focused on. That's the key to living a powerful life. If you spread out and diffuse your life over a lot of different things, you'll make hardly any impact at all. But if you will focus your life, you'll be able to live a powerful life. It's going to be a strong life that could ultimately change the world. You know, light diffused has no power at all. The, the sun has all kind of power, but by the time the sunlight gets to our world, it's been diffused. It has little or no power. But when you focus light, it has enormous power. When I was a kid, I would get a, I would get a magnifying glass, and I would see what I, could, uh, what I could get the light to focus on. I, I would set grass on fire. 
Sometimes I would set bugs on fire. Sometimes I would try to set my brothers on fire. Uh, it's a good thing I didn't set our house on fire. You see that, that in the, under that microscope, that sunlight would become a laser that would have a lot of fire, a lot of power. If you focus light, it becomes a laser. And by the way, a laser can cut through steel or a laser can kill a cancer. I want you to live a laser-focused life so that God can do great, mighty, miraculous things in and through your life. Goals focus our energy. Now that's, that's important for us to understand because the world's got a lot of distractions around us. There's a lot of things to distract us. So uh, we can waste our life. We can waste our time, waste our energy. Uh, we, it's important to have goals that keep us from wasting our time, our effort, our energy, and, and resources and people and things and stuff like that that are not going to help us to accomplish our goals. Let me tell you, when we don't have goals for our lives, we run around in circles in our lives. You ever feel like you're running around in circles? Uh, some of you are. As a result, you, uh, you don't have any, it's because you don't have any goals. You're running around in circles. You're, you're caught up in the rat race, and, and you don't want to run the rat race because even if you win the rat race, you're still a rat. You don't want to be that. You want to keep your life focused on the goals that God has for your life. And then the Bible teaches us that goals strengthen our resolve. They, they help us to keep moving. They give us hope for our lives, especially in the difficult times in our lives. I'm telling you, having godly goals helps us to make it through the difficult times of our life. Now, 2020 was a year of hell for many people. So let me ask you a question. What do you do when you find yourself living in hell? You don't camp there. You don't stay there. I'm down, it could be your circumstances. It could be a relationship. It could be, it could be anything. You don't stay there. You, you move on. You keep moving. And goals help us to keep moving, even when we're going through the hellish and the most difficult times of our lives. That's one of the reasons Jesus was able to endure all that he endured just before and during his time on the cross. He was able to endure all of that, according to the author of Hebrews, because he had a goal. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 12. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. Jesus could put up with anything along the way, whether it was the cross or shame or whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God the Father. The Bible says Jesus endured the cross because he looked forward to the goal and the glory that was set before him. He looked beyond the pain to the payoff. And having those kind of goals in our life helps us make it through the difficult times in our life. The Bible says the Lord wants us to live with hope in our lives. And let me tell you, if you don't have any goals in your life, you're going to really struggle with having hope in your life. Job said this in Job 6.11. He was going through a difficult time. He was living a, 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 a ter terrible, terrible time. Job said, I do not have the strength to endure because I do not have a goal that encourages me to carry on. When you don't have goals for your life, I'm telling you, you get stuck in those difficult, desperate, discouraging, disappointing times of life. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I've had those times in my life when I felt like everything was gone, has gone awry, that there was no hope and no help. I remember when my father died when I was young, I felt so overwhelmed with discouragement and disappointment that I, I just wanted to give up and quit. I, I've had a couple of close friends who also died at, uh, at, at untimely ages, and, and I thought my, to myself, what's the use? What's the use of pressing forward? Look at God, My prayers aren't being answered. Look at what's happening here. There have been other times in my life when I felt so discouraged and so distraught. One time was after Hurricane Katrina when I came back into New Orleans just a few days after Katrina to see the city that I love destroyed, the campuses of our church destroyed, our, our people gone, having to start all over. And I'll be honest with you, I, I just wanted to quit. I wanted to give up. I was so overwhelmed and so discouraged. That happened at times in the, the previous year, the year of the pandemic. 
Man, things were just going to rise. I mean, when you, when you have thousands and thousands of people who attend the church that you lead, and all of a sudden you show up and nobody's there. I'm telling you, it's discouraging. Then when you finally start back with in-person services and, and a, a small percentage of the people who once attended and now return, I'm, I'm telling you, those, time, those times are discouraging times. They're disconcerting times. They, they tend to leave you distraught and defeated, defeated and all those kinds of things. What gets you out? You gotta have, you gotta have goals. First of all, you got to have faith in the Lord. You got to remember that God's working behind the scenes to bring about good to those who love Him. But then you got to have goals that you're focused on, goals that you hang on to, goals that you don't let go of to help you get through the difficult times of life. And by the way, when you have a long-term goal, long-term goals it keep you from being discouraged with short-term setbacks, whether they're the circumstances surrounding you or the failures you experience in your life. A lot of people start off life with some good goals. But then they fell prey to temptation. They fell uh, alongside the way. or They messed up here. Or they messed up there. And so they get overwhelmed and they lose sight of their initial goals. I was watching a baseball movie the other day. It reminded me of the story of Casey Stingle, who was uh, the great manager of the New York Mets. And, and, and before that, the manager of the champion New York Yankees. One time he was trying to teach a rookie right fielder how to play right field. And that rookie right fielder was having a bad day. Have you ever had a bad day? He was having a bad day. He missed every ground ball, missed every fly ball. So Casey Stingle said to him, young man, let me show you how to play right field. But Casey Stingle had a bad day. He missed every ground ball, missed every fly ball. As he ran back into the infield, he said to the rookie right fielder, he said, young man, you have messed up right field so bad, nobody can play it anymore. Well, I want to tell you, neither you nor anyone else has messed up your life so bad that God can't restore you and that God can't use you and that God can't transform you. You just got to have a goal of God doing that in the coming days, in the coming weeks, in the coming months in your life. As Job said, you got to have a goal to encourage you to carry on. Now you may be listening to this sermon and you may be feeling quite a bit discouraged. Maybe you're feeling down. Maybe you've got the blues. Maybe you're down, 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 doobie-doo, down, down. I don't know how you, maybe you're thinking, nobody loves me. I'm not married. My career's not flourishing. I don't have any money in the bank. My car's not working. I don't know what's happening. Set some goals. Get some goals. Ask God to give you some goals that you can look forward to, that you can push toward. And, and I'm telling you, over the next seven to eight weeks, you're going to see God do some great and mighty things in your life. The Bible also teaches us that goals shape our character. Goals build our character. You see, God's always more interested in our character than He is in our accomplishments. That's why uh, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 3.18, The Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Jesus as we are transformed into His glorious image. Listen to me, the greatest benefit you're going to experience over these next 50 days is not going to be the accomplishments and achievements you have because you set some goals for your life but what happens inside of you as you move toward those goals. You see, God's always more interested in our character than He is our accomplishments because we're taking our character to heaven, not our accomplishments. And, and God will use the process of setting goals and pursuing those goals and, and overcoming roadblocks and all those kinds of things to develop your character to help you to become more like Jesus. And in the process, he'll bless you in greater ways in, coming, in the coming days in your life. And then the Bible teaches us that good goals will be rewarded. If you have good goals, there's going to be two reasons you're going to be rewarded. You're going to be rewarded on earth by people, and you're going to be rewarded by God up in heaven. When you have a good goal, it brings honor and respect and reward from people around you. It builds a legacy here on earth. Solomon said in Proverbs eleven twenty seven, 27, if your goals are good, you will be respected. 
Do you want to be respected? Then set good goals for your life, especially in the crucial areas of your life that we're going to be learning about in this Transformed Spiritual Growth Emphasis. You know, the third Monday in January every year in the United States of America, we celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Why do we take a holiday? Why do we set aside a holiday for one day? Because he was a man who set good goals. He didn't live for himself. He didn't live for greed. He didn't live for uh, pleasure or popularity. He lived to fight injustice and to fight racism and to fight prejudice and to fight for truth. He had good goals in his life, so he's honored by uh, people in our world today. If your goals are good, you'll be respected and honored. But the real reward is going to come when we stand before God in heaven. And Paul said, we'll, we'll have a prize that will last for eternity. We'll be able to hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. Good and godly goals will be rewarded here on earth and throughout eternity in heaven. So what kind of goal does God bless? He doesn't bless every goal that we have or every goal that we set. What kind of goal does God bless? Well, the Bible teaches us that God blesses goals that bring Him honor. You've got to ask yourself when you begin to set these goals that we're going to help you to set in the coming weeks, you've got to ask yourself, will this goal honor God? So what kind of goal honors God or brings bring glory to God? Any goal that causes us to trust Him more brings glory to God. Any goal, goal that causes us to depend upon Him more, to love Him more, to love other people more, to serve Him in greater ways. Any goal that brings glory and honor and praise to God is a, is a, is a goal that's a worthwhile goal. That's a good goal. Those are the kind of goals that honor God. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6.20, God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Are, are, are the things you plan to do with your body, do they bring honor to God? And by the way, you need to not only honor God with your body, you need to honor God with your goals. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10.31, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And he says in 2 Corinthians 5.9, we make it our goal to please Him. So the Bible teaches us that God blesses goals that honor Him. It also teaches us that God blesses goals that are motivated by love. When you're setting goals for your health or your, for your finances or for your relationships or whatever, you got to ask yourself, is this goal motivated by love? You see, God's not going to bless a goal that is motivated by greed because we want to make a lot of money. God's not going to bless a goal that's motivated by competition because we want to be better than everybody else around us. God's not going to bless a goal that's motivated by greed or guilt or, or grudges. He's not going to bless a goal that's built on worry or fear or anxiety. He's not going to bless a goal that's motivated by materialism or ego or by pride. But when you set a goal out of love, God, I want to accomplish this goal because I love you and because I love other people. God is going to bless that goal because life, according to the Lord, is all about learning how to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others as much or more as we love ourselves. It says in 1 Corinthians 16, 14, everything you do must be done with love. It says in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, love must be your highest goal. And then the Bible teaches us that God blesses goals that require depending on Him. A big question for us as we process through this transformed spiritual growth emphasis, as we set goals and then begin to develop plans to accomplish those goals, a big question for us will be, will these goals I'm going to set require depending on God? Now remember I said earlier, Hebrews 11:6 6 says, without faith it is impossible to please God. If you don't have a goal that requires faith, it's not going to be a, a, a goal that is pleasing to the Lord. Romans 14, 23 says, everything that doesn't come from faith is sin. So if you have a goal so small, it doesn't require any faith. I mean, God's not going to bless that kind of goal. But look at this next verse, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. It says, in your hearts, 
In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord determines our step. In the message translation, it says it like this, we plan the way we wanna live, but only God makes us able to live it. So that's what we're gonna do during these 50 days of our transformed spiritual growth emphasis. Uh, we're gonna plan with God's help, some good goals for our lives, for the crucial areas of our lives. Uh, we're gonna plan good goals and godly goals, but goals that cause us to depend upon God's presence and God's power and God's strength and God's help in our lives. But, but only we will only be able to accomplish those goals if God gives us the strength and power to do so. Now, to make the transformation, we gotta learn how to depend upon the Lord. Because God provides the three things we have to have to reach our goals. Here's what they are. We need God's Spirit to empower us if we're to reach our goals. You see, what we're talking about is not something based on willpower. We're talking about making goals that we can accomplish based on God's power. It's not based on trying, it's based on trusting God. We need God's power, Spirit to empower us if we're going to accomplish these goals. Zechariah 4, 6 says, You will not succeed by your own strength or your own power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. The reason so many people don't accomplish the goals they have for their life is because they're trying to accomplish them in their own strength and ability. We're going to learn how to do it in the power of the Lord. And then we need God's Word to guide us if we're going to reach our goal. That's why we're having people read through the Bible in 2021. See, the Bible, this Bible, God's Word, is God's owner's manual for our lives. And the more we get this book into our heart and life and mind, and the more we help it shape the goals that we have for our lives and the, and the plans we have for our lives, uh, the more we study it and read it, meditate upon it, the more successful we're going to be. When Joshua was about to lead the people of God into the Promised Land, to, to, to do battle with all kind of hostile tribes. Uh, the Lord said to Joshua, keep this book of the law on your lips. Recite it day by day and by night that you may carefully follow all that is written in it. Then you will successfully attain your goal. That's one of the greatest promises of success in the Bible. That, that promise didn't come from Tony Robbins or some help, self-help guru. That promise comes from God. You will successfully attain your goal. How? By studying God's word and then obeying God's word, living out God's word in our lives. So get involved in our journey through the Bible adventure so you can get into God's word every day. You can get God's power, God's strength, and God's direction. And then we need God's people to support us if we're gonna reach our goals. Listen to me. You'll never be able to accomplish your big, big goals on your own. I haven't been able to accomplish big goals in my own, on my own. It takes a team to fulfill a dream. Memorize that statement. It takes a team to fulfill a dream. You need other people in your life. That's why we insist that people in our church family get involved in a life group. You will never, there are no successful Lone Ranger Christians. You'll never be who God's called you to be or live like God's called you to live or do all that He's accomplished, called you to accomplish until you have other godly people around you in your life. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4, a person sitting alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. Three, that sounds like a life group right there. They're even better for a triple braided cord is not easily braided. So find a life group, get connected to a life group, learn how to be involved in a life group here at Celebration Church so you can move toward accomplishing the great goals and plans God has for your life. In fact, this week in our life groups, we're gonna be learning how to set personal goals by faith and we're gonna be learning the secrets of achieving any goal in our lives. I'm telling you, transform is gonna help us become much healthier, much healthier emotionally, 
financially, mentally, physically, relationally, vocationally, and spiritually in our lives. It's going to help us be, to be transformed in our life so we can become transformers of the relationships and circumstances and cultures around us. So ask yourself this question. Who are some people that I need to invite to join me as I begin this transformed spiritual growth emphasis. Think about who those people are. Write their names down. Invite them to join you as you begin this eight-week transformed spiritual growth emphasis with us. And then ask yourself, what are some goals that I need to establish for my life? Some physical, emotional, mental, financial, relational, spiritual, vocational goals that I need to establish for my life. Ask yourself that question. We're gonna help you learn how to answer that question this coming week in our life groups and in other ways as well. Here's what I wanna tell you. If you will participate with us fully, you will learn a lot that will help you. You will experience a lot of fun. Get involved in a life group and, and journeying through uh, an experience through God, with God's people. That's a lot of fun in that. But more than that, you'll experience the transforming power and work of God in your life. Your attitude will begin to be transformed. Your ambitions will begin to transform. Your actions, activities will begin to be transformed. Your circumstances will be transformed. Your relationships will be transformed. If you, put, if you learn and put into practice these principles that we're going to be learning in this transformed spiritual growth emphasis. I'm telling you, God has greater plans for your life than you've ever experienced or ever envisioned. He wants to do great, mighty, miraculous things in and for and through your life. He wants to transform you in every area of your life so you can be a transformer of the circumstances and relationships and even culture around you. But you've got to be willing to get in on God's purposes and plans and, and set the kind of goals God wants you to set for your life. You join in with us and learn how to do that this coming week as we move together toward experiencing a greater transforming work of God in our lives than we've ever experienced or ever envisioned. I want you to bow with me for prayer. And as you do, I wanna pray for you right now. Father, we already know, you're gonna do some amazing things in the coming days through this transformed spiritual growth emphasis. Lives are gonna be changed. Families are gonna be strengthened. Marriages are gonna be saved. Friendships are gonna be made. Some people are gonna get engaged, get married. We know that miracles are gonna happen physical, emotional, mental, financial, vocational miracles are going to happen. It would be a waste of time for us to not expect you to do some great things. So I already thank you in advance for what's going to happen in the lives of those who participate with us in this transformed spiritual growth emphasis. I especially thank you for, for all those people who've taken a step of faith to say, I want to be a part of a life group or I'm going to host a transform group or something like that. And I pray you would bless them and use them in great ways. Now I want you to pray with me. Pray something like this. Lord, I give you permission to change whatever needs to be changed in my life. Lord, use these next 50 days to permanently transform my life and to make the rest of my life the best of my life. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today for Celebration Online. And I'm praying and believing God's going to do a greater work through this transformed spiritual growth emphasis in your life than you've ever experienced or ever envisioned. If you were encouraged by today's message, make sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. Again, thanks for listening to the Celebration Church Podcast.